Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. There is one thing I can say to you that you could say to your friends and family to convince them that this country is on the verge of an imminent collapse or possible civil war. One thing, and that is, what if Donald Trump does not surrender? That's it. I want you to think about where we are right now as a country. Donald Trump was indicted reportedly on 34 counts. What happens if he does not surrender. This country gets torn apart. The legal system is meaningless. New York is powerless. They would have to go and get him now. Donald Trump has announced he will be flying to New York today in preparation of Tuesday's surrender to law enforcement. There's another thing I could say to you that I believe will convince you that we are on the verge of an imminent collapse or civil war, and that is What if they remand Donald Trump to custody? Apparently, Trump plans on returning to Florida and delivering statements. But I'm thinking about this, and I think the most likely outcome is probably that. Donald Trump flies to New York. He goes to the courthouse, files some paperwork. They say, you're being charged. He then leaves. He's got Secret Service with him. They're going to have to negotiate this. But I started thinking about it, and I wonder, is there a possibility that a Democrat judge in New York who has Trump derangement syndrome just says, sir, not only are you a crook and a criminal, but you have private jets, I believe several. You are the definition of a flight risk. Remand to custody. I don't think it's likely, but as a thought experiment, I want you to understand how close we are. Now, of course, there are many of you who are probably saying, yeah, OK, Tim, that will never happen. How could we be close to collapse of war when those things will never happen? The point is this. There is one action, one standing between us and oblivion. One action. If I came to you five years ago, and I did, 
and said we were we were on the verge of some kind of collapse or potentially a civil war. Again, I always preface this. It was a Princeton professor who said we're in a cold civil war. It's now basically agreed upon by everybody, even Sarah Silverman. Some people still don't believe it. That's fine. I don't know for sure. But eight, but five years ago, if I said this, the, 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 the point people would make is, what are you talking about? I mean, we've got the federal government. We got all these things in place. Now we are looking down the barrel of a single event. If Donald Trump refused to surrender, confidence in the system is shattered. What could they do? What could they do? More importantly, though, the other side could remand Trump, placing him in jail until the completion of a trial, inhibiting him from running. This would rip the country in par- uh, apart overnight. And the reason I say we're close to collapse of civil war is because for the first time in my life, I have seen a moment where there is a thin veil, as thin as paper, bar, bar, standing between us and oblivion that someone could just poke their finger right through. You go back several years and you're thinking, look, in order for there to be a civil war, you got to have, you know, hyper tribalism. You've got to have hyper polarization. You're going to have to see this. You have to see that. Well, before that could happen, this would have to happen. And now we're looking at the moment where Donald Trump could simply be like, you know, I'm not going to be surrendering. I will not be flying to New York. And then what? And then Democrats in New York start screaming, demanding federal intervention. Would the feds then try to go take Donald Trump? Is the Secret Service making him surrender? What if Donald Trump tomorrow goes to the courthouse and they say, you're going into a holding cell until processing, which can take several days? That is going to set a fire in this country already. And then what happens if at a bail hearing, a judge says these are felony charges, they're serious charges, you can't leave the state? Donald Trump's a flight risk. I think he has, what, three private jets? Probably more. Is that not a definition of a flight risk? Now, granted, they'll make the argument that Donald Trump is running for office. He's the front runner for the Republicans. The threat of ripping apart this country is too great. He should be free to go on bail pending, you know, a trial and all of that stuff. I think that's the likely outcome. I think the likely outcome is that when Trump surrenders, they just say your next date will be at this time. And this is just going to inhibit his ability to campaign. The point I'm simply trying to make in opening this segment is one decision by one person, be it Trump or a judge, could rip this country in twain. Here's a story from The New York Times. Trump prepares to surrender in New York as police brace for protests. Now, before we start reading into this, head over to TimCast.com and click that join us button to become a member. You know, we set up this Discord server so that y'all could chat with us, the team, and even call into the uncensored TimCast IRL show. And last Friday, Donald Trump Jr. called into the show live because we now have the Discord ability to do it. I don't think we're going to make a big habit of allowing call-ins because it just, I don't think it, it, it works as a podcast, but I think it was important to hear what Donald Trump Jr. had to say, considering the indictment. But if you become a member, you'll be supporting our work. And then you can also join the Discord and maybe see some VIPs hanging out, people you may want to talk to. So uh, consider that. 
The VIP chat room is a $25 a month membership or a $10 a month membership if you've been a member for at least six months. We did that gatekeeping because we're trying to keep out activists and weirdos who want to screw with us. I'm sorry it has to be this way, but let's jump back into the news. Smash that like button while you're here. The New York Times reports Donald Trump prepared on Friday to surrender to prosecutors in Manhattan next week as the New York police braced for protests and sharply partisan response from Democrats and Republicans ushered in a tumultuous time. A day after the grand jury indicted Trump, uh, Mr. Trump, and made him the first former president to face criminal charges, metal barricades were up around the criminal courthouse on Center Street. So this, this, this we know. We're now hearing that Donald Trump will be surrendering tomorrow morning and that he will be flying today around noon to New York. We have this story from TimCast.com. Trump's lawyer says the former president will very loudly and, pl- and proudly plead not guilty to charges in New York. When asked by host Dana Bash if Trump would be taking a mugshot, Takapina said or replied, this is not a normal operating procedure. It's all up in the air. All the Tuesday stuff is still very much in the air, other than the fact that we will we will very loudly and proudly say not guilty. Trump posted on Truth, I will be leaving Mar-a-Lago on Monday at 12 noon, heading to Trump Tower in New York. On Tuesday morning, I will be going, believe it or not, to the courthouse. America was not supposed to be this way. You know, I was hanging out at uh, Maryland Live Casino this weekend and uh, the poker tables because, you know, that's what I do, right? When I'm not skating or newsing, just hanging out, trying to relax. And I heard the craziest thing. And there was this guy sitting next to me and he was telling me a story about his buddy who was driving down the street in Baltimore during the BLM riots of 2020 and a, uh, him, his buddy was with his girl. When a mob of far left extremists started banging on the car and attacking it, and I think cracked the windshield, so he hit the gas, ran a few people over. He's been, I think, convicted of attempted murder, and he's going to prison. And this guy was like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And it was funny to me. I was like, I was like, here's a regular guy who's starting to understand. And then he says, in, re- in response to what's happened in this country, that he thought the government should execute the January 6 rioters. And I'm just like... Okay, I'm going to stop talking because I don't want to upset a guy. He seemed like he was a very nice guy. He was a very funny guy. We were having a good time. And I tell you this story simply because I look at this and I'm just like, and these, this is a regular guy and he can see what's happening and he's still of this mindset. But that was so extreme. And look, man, people tell me, oh, you got to go out and touch grass, Tim. I'm, 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 I'm going and hanging out at a bar. I'm hanging out at a casino. I'm talking to people playing a friendly game who have no idea what's going on in the world. And the conversation came up. I don't, someone else brought up the economy or something, probably having to do with table stakes, you know, how much people were playing. And someone said, yeah, well, this economy because of Joe Biden. <clears throat> All of a sudden, this guy's talking about it. You're cruising down the highway. Windows rolled down. Tunes blasting from the radio. You're in the zone and living the dream. Suddenly, your car sputters, coughs, and throws a wrench in your whole day. Tow trucks, repair bills, the dream turns into a nightmare. Don't wait until car trouble steals your peace of mind. Visit CarShield now at carshield.com Carlson. For nearly 20 years, CarShield has helped millions of drivers avoid the stress of major repairs. They offer plans covering up to 5,000 parts and systems, from your engine and transmission to electronics and more all for a low monthly rate that fits your budget. 
CarShield plans also include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, and rental options. Get peace of mind now. Visit CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Join millions of customers and contact CarShield now to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. Visit now. I talk about it. And this is where we are. This idea, I mean, I was just... I was just shocked to hear it. So when he said that to me, that he thought that, that the January 6th rider should, should be executed, I was like, wow, dude. And I, was, and I asked him, do you know about 529? And he was like, what, what, what was that? And I was like, the insurrection at the White House? And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, when the, the far left people tore the barricades down, firebombed St. John's Church, firebombed a guard post, thousands of cops had to come out. They were fighting. He's like, I have no idea what that is. And I was like, isn't that weird, though? You didn't know about that? This is where we are, man. And I know most of you know about this. It's funny when people are like, Tim, stop trying to make 529 a thing. No, I'm making a point. May 29th, far leftists tore down the barricades of the White House, firebombed a church and a guard post on the White House grounds, forced Donald Trump into an emergency bunker. That happened. You can talk about January 6th, call it an insurrection or whatever, but sure, that one happened too. If you want to just step back and, you know, if you want to argue January 6th wasn't an insurrection, by all means, I think it was a riot because people in the front were rioting. I think 529 was a riot, but if we're playing the insurrection game and that's your terminology, I'll say that was an insurrection too. But let's just step, step back and step outside of ourselves for a second. How do you think the left feels about January 6th? Well, I think it was an insurrection. How does the right feel about 529? Well, the right thinks that the January 6th and 529 were both riots. However, the right, seeing both incidents, can understand. We're on the precipice. The far left has gone insane. The Democrats have gone insane. January 6th insurrection locked these people up. Half the people were let in by cops who opened the doors fanned them on in and they walked around. So this is where we're at. Those that are in the cult and those that aren't. Then there are people on the periphery who don't want to be involved in politics and aren't paying attention and don't know the truth. They hear a story, Donald Trump indicted. Let me give the real story. Vivek Ramaswamy tweeted this. America now has a two-tiered justice system. Trump is indicted while Clinton pays a small fine. Antifa and BLM rioters roam free while January 6 protesters are imprisoned without bail. Douglas Mackey faces 10 years for the same joking memes that Christina Wong posts with impunity. Yeah. Jack Posobiec tweets. Last year, Hillary Clinton quietly settled a campaign finance violation over reporting the Steele dossier funding as legal services. She paid a fine and was never arrested. March 31st, 2022. DNC Clinton campaign agreed to steal dossier funding fine. The Clinton campaign hires, hired Perkins Coie, which then hired Fusion GPS, a research intelligence firm to conduct opposition research on Republican candidate Donald Trump, his ties to Russia. But in FEC forms, the Clinton campaign classified the spending as legal services. She was fined $113,000 to settle a federal election commission investigation into whether they violated campaign finance law. Now, we had Destiny, the omni-liberal, on the show last week, and he said the indictment's going to have more than just the Stormy Daniels thing. I agree. 34 counts. They are going after Trump 
in New York state, not at the federal level. And it's going to be more than people realize. I think this will catch a lot of conservatives off guard, but I don't think it matters at all. Conservatives have this problem of looking at a situation and then being like, is there some argument to be made? Whereas the left simply says, we'll argue anything. You know, I look at it this way. We're playing a game of Monopoly. They keep cheating. If for some reason, Republicans and conservatives are like, we'll keep playing the game. You know, I just I just don't get it. I really, really don't. We know they will lie, cheat and steal. We know Hillary Clinton gets a freebie. We know Donald Trump gets indicted. We know that's exactly how it plays out. The media will lie. They hate Trump. Yet for some reason, conservatives still argue the merits of what the left presents. The left will come out. They'll say, look, Donald Trump did these things. If he did, he should be indicted. And the right will go, well, you know, it's a fair point. If there was an indictment and there, we, we got to see the evidence. And then when Hillary Clinton does these things, the right just goes, uh, 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 nothing. That's it. Nothing. No protests. No. Uh, where's Florida? Well, how about in uh, Florida? They file these, vi- these violations. How about Florida go after Hillary Clinton? They don't do it. Conservatives are spineless. This is why the Republican Party is being taken over. The MAGA people aren't spineless. You know, to varying degrees, I think your run-of-the-mill conservative is relatively spineless. And I think that's why they prefer, in, to, uh, to a great degree, the establishment Republicans really do want a DeSantis. Because DeSantis is safe. He's very safe. I like DeSantis. He's brilliant. He's done a tremendous job in Florida. He's great, but he's safe. Ron DeSantis will get up on stage and he will say something like, we will not be involved in the indictment, in the extradition of Donald Trump. This is a political persecution by a Soros DA. Bye. Now I'm going to go leave and have nothing to do with this fight. I can respect it to a certain degree, but that's the perfect example of what conservatives do. The Democrats quite literally bailed out murderous rioters. 19 plus direct deaths in the summer of love. And Kamala Harris and Joe Biden's staff helped support and pay the bail of these extremists. And then the best you can get with the Ron DeSantis is we're going to do nothing. Bye. Wow. But I get it. Imagine what would happen. If Ron DeSantis got up on stage and said, mark my words, Donald Trump will not be extradited and I will use the full force of my office and authority to prevent New York from uh, executing this political persecution against a resident of my state. Imagine that. Imagine that. No, that's not what we got. We got to. I'm not going to be involved in this, guys. Don't look at me. I don't know. If I was the governor of Florida, I'd immediately call a meeting with Donald Trump and I'd say, what are your plans and what do you want to do? I would then give a press conference or a speech and I would say, Donald Trump has told me personally he, he will intentionally fly to New York to face these indictments and I have tremendous respect for it. But mark my words, should Trump change his mind and, re- and choose to remain in this state? No one will lay a finger on him, and he will not, he will not be extradited. Mainstream establishment Republicans will keep giving you that voice 
of we're not going to get involved in this one. It's remarkable to me. I like DeSantis. I like his policies. I think he's a good dude. I think his team is great. He's not presidential, maybe vice presidential. You know, I, I know all like last year I was hanging out with the Daily Wire crew and we were like, I think DeSantis has got it. And now we see that when it comes to the sheer aggression from the extremist left, that he doesn't got it. Yeah, he might have some sound policies. He's he, he stopped the lockdowns. He had it's great leadership. And there's really good things about it. Look, I like I mean, I'm not opposed to him. I, I, I mean, I, I would even consider him for president. If, if look, if DeSantis wins the nomination for the GOP, hands down, no question, vote for the guy. I think he's fantastic. But it's like a stopgap, a half measure. What we need is a president who is going to say, if you want to play ball, I will play ball. And, you know, sometimes you have to tell people, Try it. I don't know how to explain it. You know, let's go head to head. If you are going to try and push me around, let's see if you've actually got the balls to come at me. I'll call your bluff. I'm standing right here. This is what we don't get from conservatives. They are passive. Weak. The Democrats slap them around. And they just say, well, hold on, hold on. We had Rick Santorum on the show. Uh, I appreciate him coming on the show. It was fantastic. And I asked him if he thought Joe Biden should be impeached. No, no, we got to play by the rules. We got to play by the rules. (laughs) Trump's being indicted for for garbage, but we got to play by the rules. Yeah, those are the rules. You're not playing by the rules. You're just sitting there getting beaten. Playing by the rules is recognizing the game your opponent is playing and saying, well, we'll play. But you don't want to see what's going to happen if we play that game. Donald Trump refuses to leave Florida. Ron DeSantis steps up and says law enforcement will surround and protect Donald Trump. We will replace Secret Service with state protection and no one will touch him. Not the feds, not New York. Play the game. This is insane what they're doing. And the best conservatives can do. And to be fair, even Trump himself. Now, I got to be honest with y'all. I got to be honest with you. Uh, take a look at this. Robert C. Cahaley says new GOP presidential primary Trafalgar group polls show a changing Donald Trump lead based on indictment talk. 12% up before indictment, 14% after indictment, 33 after actual indictment. I'm sorry, 14 was after indictment announcement and 33 was after the edge. Trump's polling is skyrocketing because of this. That's the strategy Trump is playing. So I don't expect Trump just be like, listen, I refuse to be extradited. No, Trump is outright saying, I made five million bucks in a day because of this. You want to play? We'll make it hurt. It's smart. So I get it. I think DeSantis should have made a stronger statement. But perhaps the whole game being played here is Trump is attempting to use this to his advantage, which is smart. That's why I think, you know, I'm, uh, I'm for Trump 2024 over DeSantis because DeSantis came out and said, well, you know, eh. and Trump came out and was like, I'll be there. I will stare you down. That's bold. Part of me wishes Trump says he wouldn't surrender. But, you know, I think Trump has a plan. 
But I'm also worried that he surrounds himself with stupid people. I don't want to swear. Stupid people. I almost wonder if the best thing for Trump to do is to just not surrender and say the courts will determine, right? Some other state says you're going to come back here and we're going to charge you the crime. I don't live there, dude. Good luck. Like the, 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 the crimes they're committing with, I don't even know if they're, if they're extraditable. I guess they're felonies. But typically what would happen is New York would contact Florida and say we have a warrant for his arrest and there'd be some cop cooperation. And if Florida said no, then nothing happens. It's crazy because I don't know where this goes. And I'm not going to pretend like I'm the smartest guy in, in, in the room. Maybe DeSantis and Trump have a plan and I just don't know. Fine. I'm just sick of seeing weakness from the right. We've got the left. You want to talk about strength? Let's talk about the guy who worked at Taco Bell who was wearing a Black Lives Matter mask. And they said, take it off or you're fired. He goes, then I quit. Then he made a video screaming about how they made him take it off. Taco Bell backed down, rehires the guy and says, we're sorry that happened. He got fired, I guess. Dude was willing to lose his job so that he could wear a Black Lives Matter mask. Conservatives ain't willing to do that. They don't want to lose their jobs. They're like, I could lose my job if I speak up. Okay, that's fine, man. I get it. But these people are willing to go to hell and back for their cause. How are you going to beat that? He ain't. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. You can believe in America and you can say, I just want to be left alone. But if you just want to be left alone, you will lose to those who are firebombing buildings and don't care if they get locked up. Don't care if they lock up a former president. But we'll see. We'll see what happens when Trump flies to New York City. Maybe as soon as he lands, the police surround him and they say, we're taking you into custody now. I want you all to understand this. By the time you watch this video, many of you, it may have already happened. So I get that. But just consider the 1%, the 0.1%, the 0.01% chance that Donald Trump, who has been indicted, let's say he lands in his private jet in New York. I'd imagine he's going to be landing in, well, I don't know where he'll land. Maybe he'll land at Teterboro, New Jersey, which is common for, for private jets. But considering Trump's got a big, got that big 77 he might want to go to JFK. And when he lands, they'll know it's his plane tracking all of it. I want you to consider he lands and there are a few black SUVs. He deboards the plane with the NYPD waiting who walk up calmly, shake the hand of the Secret Service agent and say, we are placing Donald Trump under arrest for 34 felony counts. He will be remanded to custody pending a trial. You can follow us if you like, but this is what's going to happen. Let's talk about the lottery tickets chance of what might happen. The Secret Service then says, 
you will not lay a hand on Donald Trump. We can't allow it. And then they say, this is the law and we have the right. And then a fight ensues. What would happen if the Secret Service says that is not what we agreed upon and Donald Trump will not be taken into custody? He will be surrendering tomorrow. And the NYPD says, we don't care. I don't think that'll happen. But I bring it up because it could. Think about this. Let's say you or anyone else is charged with 34 counts, felonies. Do you think that if you land your private jet with your name on it in that state, they would not arrest you on the spot? Of course they would. Now, Trump's a former president, so these are unprecedented times. We've never seen anything like this. But I hope y'all are ready because we have no idea what's about to happen. And it could happen today. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. In my morning segment, I asked you all what would happen if Donald Trump refused to surrender, or if upon his surrendering, he was remanded to custody. The point I was trying to make that I think bears repeating is that we stand on the precipice. Think about it. What would happen if Trump said, your charges are frivolous and I will not surrender? The legal system would be challenged. And what's the Secret Service going to do? Defend Trump if they try to extradite him? It's crazy. Would the federal government intervene? What if when Trump goes to surrender tomorrow morning, they remand him to custody? What if when Donald Trump lands in New York, they remand him to custody immediately? We have breaking news from Brett Baer, who tweets, Fox News is told, Multiple U.S. Secret Service agents connected to former President Donald Trump have been subpoenaed and are expected to testify before the D.C. grand jury likely on Friday. The grand jury appearances are related to the special counsel Jack Smith probe into the handling of classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. Ladies and gentlemen, it appears there is a second indictment looming. You think they're going to stop here? They're going after Trump at the state and federal level. So what happens if they stop the Republican frontrunner from? Look, this is a conversation I have with a lot of people. Okay, government is confidence. That's it. I was having this conversation just this past weekend to explain to people how close we are to the to the end of this country. Confidence is everything. If you go out to a grocery store, you have confidence that if you take something without paying for it, you will get in trouble in some capacity. Maybe they'll grab you and take it from you. Maybe the cops will show up. But what we are seeing across this country in major cities, that confidence is being destroyed. Criminals are running rampant and law abiding citizens know that criminals will be released. There is no confidence in social order. Confidence in government that if you do something wrong, you'll be held accountable. Well, Donald Trump is facing a second indictment. What did he do? Hillary Clinton did worse things. Nothing. Confidence shattered. You know, the founding fathers believed in the rights of the the innocent, being innocent until proven guilty, the right to a trial by a jury of your peers, the Fifth Amendment, all that good stuff. And a lot of people think, simply put, they were good principled men who said, look, if you're innocent, We are going to try and help you. It's not so simple. One of the principal reasons for the Fifth Amendment, and I believe the Sixth and the Fourth, 
Well, for all of them, I mean, to be to completely honest, but when it comes to jurisprudence, criminal courts, etc., one of the main reasons why you are innocent until proven guilty is that the founding fathers feared that in a society where even if you're innocent, you will be imprisoned, no one has confidence that being innocent is the proper path to take. That is to say, if you live in a society where uh, I believe it was Otto von Bismarck who said it is better that 10 guilty, uh, I'm sorry, 10 innocent people suffer than one guilty person escape. His idea was you can't let the guilty off. Everyone must be under the boot to create social order. But the inverse is true. It's like a Chinese finger trap. The harder you pull, the tighter it becomes. If a regular law abiding citizen says, I've been following the law, I've been playing the rules, playing by the rules, and they've arrested me and charged me and they're giving me no benefit of the doubt, no ability to defend myself. Why did I ever bother being a good person? You get it? In these cities, we are seeing criminals engage in, in, in criminal behavior, thinking to themselves, it doesn't matter anyway. They'll let you out. And law abiding citizens are saying, what's the point? Why should I be the only one playing by the rules if I could risk getting arrested anyway? <clears throat> it's a narco tyranny. Now, the problem we are facing in this country is that they're releasing criminals and arresting their political opponents. I hope you realize where this is all going, indicting Donald Trump. Now, if history tells us anything, in the long run, it will make Donald Trump more popular and it will probably result in his, <clears throat> excuse me, landslide election. We have this from Axios. We have two stories. This one's from April 1st. Scoop. Trump raises over $5 million since indictment news. $5 million. It's amazing. $4 million in the first 24 hours. How much money do you think he's going to make today when they announce his arrival in New York City? How much money do you think he'll make tomorrow when they post his mugshot online? Now, look, we are in the dangerous early stages of civil war. I am not exaggerating, and I have absolute confidence in saying that. And I will explain once again to, to all of you exactly why. What happens if Donald Trump is remanded to custody upon landing at around you know 1 or 2 p.m. in New York City? Now, of course, many people may believe, and this is, this is probably correct, this is probably correct, that when Donald Trump's plane lands, he will simply go to Trump Tower. They'll negotiate his surrender tomorrow. But in any other circumstance, that wouldn't happen. Any other, want, any other felon indicted on 34 felony, uh, I'm sorry, any other individual indicted on 34 counts, you land your plane, the cops are going to be waiting for you. And they're going to say, sir, you're under arrest. But we'll see. We're talking white collar crime, I guess. And we're talking about people who are still trying to have some delicacy in how they handle this because everyone's trying to make sure they make the right moves. The point is simply this. In any other circumstance, Donald Trump would be remanded to custody. Any other suspect or accused would be remanded to custody. Now, of course, of course, I understand they'll be granted bail. But you think they're going to let Trump leave the state? They're going to say, you're, you're, you, you, have, you have a residence here. Okay, you, have, you own a building here. You're wanted on crimes here. We're not letting you leave the state. You can't leave the state. Ankle monitor, something of that effect. Stop Donald Trump from campaigning. I don't know exactly what they'll do. My point is just this. 
They will probably give Donald Trump special treatment because he is a former president and this is unprecedented. But just imagine how close we are. Imagine if Trump just said no, and he could. That's it overnight. In the meantime, I think they're actually helping Trump and their only move is hardball. But Donald Trump is raising money like crazy off of this. And as I showed my earlier segment from Robert C. Cahaley, new GOP presidential primary from Trafalgar Group polls shows a changing Donald Trump lead based on indictment talk. Before the indictment announcement, he was up 12 points. After, he was up 14. And after the actual uh, indictment was, was, was dropped, up 33. <clears throat> That's amazing. From the Trafalgar Group, who do you plan on supporting in the upcoming Republican presidential primary? Donald Trump at 56.2%, followed by Ron DeSantis. I love this one. You want to call this poll fake news? Sure. Liz Cheney has 10.3%. Look, I think that says enough about what's wrong with this country. Liz Cheney? How does she how does she have more than Larry Elder? Vivek Ramaswamy, 0.5. I like Vivek. He's great. How is he underneath Liz Cheney? Yep. Yeah, we're headed to dark places, I guess. Here we go. So this is, um, we've got three images, and I guess these are, yeah. So Liz Cheney actually dramatically improves after the indictment talk, which is funny. Who took the biggest hit? This is, this is, this is interesting. DeSantis at 32. DeSantis goes to 30. And now DeSantis is at 22%. DeSantis is plummeting. Look at this. DeSantis is plummeting. I think that's, that's, that's absolutely fascinating, but I think I'm right about it. Ron DeSantis, in response to this, has shown utter weakness. It's unfortunate. But that's the reality. He was, he was trailing Trump. It was Trump. Look at this. Before the indictment, it was 43.8 to Ron DeSantis, 32.2. After Trump declared indictment, it was 44.4 for Trump, 30 points for DeSantis. And then when the indictment dropped, Ron DeSantis drops to 22. And I will tell you why. If you haven't heard it already. It's because Ron DeSantis played the weakest possible hand he could have played. Leave me out of it. And then people like me, who actually like DeSantis and are fairly moderate, went, no way. Sorry. That was that was big. I like DeSantis. I'll say it again. I say it 50 billion times. He's a great, great governor. But he showed such a weak, weak hand. If he came out, as I've stated a billion times, and said, mark my words, you will not lay a finger on Donald Trump. He will not be extradited. And I will use the full weight of my office and law enforcement of the state to stop a political persecution. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online. 
up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. I'd vote for him. I'd, I'd have been like, look, man, you know, Trump's doing well, but Ron DeSantis is showing that strength that we need. He doesn't have it. Sorry, man. I like the DeSantis team. I like the things he's doing, but he just doesn't have that strength. Trump has it too much. Trump's kind of a dick. If Trump had more tact, Carrie Lake's got it. We'll see what happens with her. Take a look at this from Politico. The data is clear. The indictment makes Republicans like Trump more. There were a number of public surveys conducted in the lead to the indictment, and they all showed a similar story. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. They say the indictment of former President Trump is likely to deliver a temporary boost to him in the GOP primary. Temporary. But at the expense of his standing among the broader electorate, that will ultimately decide whether he returns to the White House. That's according to recent polling conducted prior to Thursday's news of blah, 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 blah. Here, here's, here's the point. Democrats want Trump to win. They do. They would prefer not to have DeSantis. They are doing things that boost Trump in the primary because this was the strategy they had in the midterms. Trial balloon, and it may have worked. The idea was to help MAGA Republicans actually win so that people vote for Democrats. Faced with a Democrat or a MAGA Republican, people would choose the Democrats. And that may be the case. That may be the case. But I think the real issue is that the times they are a changing, people are starting to wake up and realize what MAGA Republicans are. Moderate populists. Yeah, moderate. It's fascinating, really. I got a segment coming up for you at four. Talk about Bill Maher and uh, how he doesn't believe that schools are having drag queens give lap dances to children. He's like, no, no, that's not happening. And it is because he doesn't pay attention. So for those of you that watch a show like mine, first, become a member at TimCast.com to support our work. Join us, join our Discord, join the community. Share the story with your friends, because that's the point I'm getting to. You know, because you watch me pull up the sources. I'm reading Politico. I'm reading Trafalgar. So there's a question about all of this when it comes to the extremism that we're seeing in this country. How come people don't know about it? It's not in the news. When I asked this guy, I mentioned uh, in the earlier segment, if he knew about the 529 insurrection at the White House, he said, I don't know anything about that. And I said, isn't that weird, though? You see, this is one of the challenges of messaging. Now, at the same time, you know, I'm hanging out at Maryland Live. A lot of people are like, yo, recognize me, big fan. And I'm thinking to myself, of these people who recognize me, are you having these conversations? Now, don't get me wrong. The guy, to, the guy I'm talking to was very, very angry and despised Donald Trump. I'm not going to try and agitate him or make him angry. He was very emotional about it. But I told him about 529. I asked him if, why he didn't know about it. I try and do that. I just say, look, man, you believe what you want to believe. I'm not here to make you angry or anything. But you didn't know about this other instance, this other event. This is the challenge we face, and it's an information war. If everybody knew about 529, they'd stop and ask themselves, well, January 6th was bad for sure. But how come we're not talking about what happened at the White House? How come I didn't know about that? 
Where's the funny thing? We talk about it. The news reported it. That's how I find these sources. But on the national level, the conversation does not reach these. These, these topics are never brought to the general public. And for, for obvious reason, they don't want you to know about it. That's the point. If the only thing this guy thinks is that Donald Trump staged an insurrection and he doesn't know that the far left did basically the same thing, forcing the president into an emergency bunker well before January 6th happened. In fact, January 6th may be partly in response to what we saw at the summer of love. If they don't even know about it, all they see in the media is Trump is bad. And they don't realize that for people like us, we're sitting here watching a tit for tat. We're watching far left extremism and then a right wing response, which is, I got to be honest, lesser in many circumstances. The media will try and claim that a regular dude driving home from work who gets attacked by Black Lives Matter is a white supremacist because he defended himself. This is the challenge that we face. People don't know about it. So here's my point. As you and I probably sit here saying, yes, we're more likely to support Trump following this because he's showing strength and DeSantis isn't. Well, people on the left or people in the middle who aren't getting this messaging because they're not in the modern communication sphere, they're going to vote for Biden. They're going to vote for Kamala. They're going to vote for a Democrat. And that's what the Democrats are hoping on. Messaging is everything. So what can we do? Man, I don't know. Share videos like this, I guess. Share this video if you think it's important. Let people know what they're doing and why they're doing it and how dangerously close to the edge we are. What's the problem? Let me ask you something. Donald Trump loses in 2020. The Democrats cheer and cheer and Donald Trump whines and moans about, you know, all that stuff. I don't care to get into it. If Democrats were so confident that they could win, why would they bother doing this? So for those of you that may not be familiar with everything going on in politics over the past several years in depth as we do, consistent viewers of the show and I, I just just ask yourself, why is a D.C. grand jury coming after Trump and why is a New York grand jury coming after Trump? I mean, you may think, well, if Trump committed a crime, he should be charged, right? Sure. But they could wait until after an election cycle when Trump's done, right? Are you saying that uh, the implication is they're using these indictments to prevent Trump from winning? Well, why would they need to do that? Trump lost in 2020, right? He'll lose again. Why would they need to use indictments to stop him? You're, You're right. Yeah, these are just because he committed crimes. It's presumed. That's why they're going after him. So they're risking the fabric of this nation's electoral system because Donald Trump may have a campaign finance violation. But that's what that's what it was about, because he may have had classified documents. Biden had classified documents. Hillary had classified documents. Barack Obama had classified documents. So what's going on? Have you asked yourself why Trump and not anybody else? Do you care? These are the questions that I have. And so it may be that Ron DeSantis stands a much better chance of winning a general than Donald Trump. Considering the Democrat field, that may be the case. That may be the case. Donald Trump may be the favorite for the GOP. And I have, you know, I have these Republicans sending me these polls. You got to look at the polls, Tim. They're like, independents favor Trump. I'm like, dude, Republican leaning independents favor Trump. But independents in general are split. It's like 60-40. Many independents lean Democrat. And that's how it's always been. Republicans only win when they slightly convince more moderates. The problem is 
Too many people do not pay attention to what is happening around them. The big news, I suppose, is that Donald Trump is facing a second indictment. A second indictment. You think they were going to stop at the state level? Do you, th- th- this is their excuse. It's their plan. Merrick Garland will say, look, a grand jury issued an indictment. We have no choice but to move in. And then Donald Trump will be remanded somewhere. He will be unable to travel, unable to campaign. And they hope that will choke him out. That will stop him from being able to spread a message. Maybe. There have been some world leaders in the past who have been imprisoned. Some of them considered heroes, like Nelson Mandela. Some of them considered the most evil men in the history of the planet. And you know who I'm talking about. Some of the most evil individuals, if not, you know, the most. Though, to be fair, Stalin, also an extremely evil individual. I don't think, I think you just call evil what it is, evil. But we know that the imprisonment of individuals martyrs them, in a sense. I mean, they're still alive. But it turns them into heroes. And then when they get out, they win. Now, if Donald Trump does get arrested, charged, and goes to jail, I don't think they'll ever let him out. They're going to do what they did to Julian Assange, to Donald Trump. That's a strong lesson. Now, I do want to give a shout out to Don Jr. Because we asked him on Friday about Julian Assange. And he said, you got to get these guys out. You got to pardon them. Snowden, Assange, got to do it. And I'm just like, wow, that's a bold statement. Because I expected something a bit more wishy-washy, to be honest. Something like, you know, I think we've definitely got to look, at the very least, we've got to drop the nonsense, drop the charges. I don't know about a pardon because I don't know to what extent the United States, blah, I expect something. No, he's outright, <clears throat> excuse me, man, got a frog in my throat. He said outright, no, let him go, get him out. They're going to do to Trump what happened to Assange. They're going to lock him up and they're going to make sure he can't do anything. They're going to say he can win, but he can't pardon himself from a state jail. Sorry. They'll give him six years. You really believe that Donald Trump will be acquitted by a New York jury? Do you really think New Yorkers will acquit Donald Trump? No, they won't. Trump surrendering begins the end. That's it. I don't know what will happen to this country if Donald Trump is jailed and can't effectively run for president. Because they might say, oh, he can run, but they're going to inhibit him. They're going to drain his coffers keep him locked up as long as they can, maybe not permanently, give Ron DeSantis an edge, and then maybe he loses because the GOP is split. That may be their plan, but I'll just leave it with this. A second indictment looming. A former president has never been criminally charged before, yet here we are. Potentially, it could be twice. Of course, Donald Trump's raising money off of it. It's working out for him. But I wonder if we already stepped off the edge of that cliff. You know, I said we're, on, we're, we're standing on the precipice that we are but a single word away from total collapse of this country. Donald Trump saying no, but he's decided to play ball. Maybe we already walked off the edge and it is an, it is an inevitability that the clash comes to Donald Trump. And then eventually he's forced to say no, because I'll put it this way. If Donald Trump is convicted by a jury in New York. Do you really think he will surrender to sentencing, to remand, to be jailed? How would that even happen? Is the Secret Service going to be with him in jail? Dark times indeed, my friends. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you all then. This past weekend, Marjorie Taylor Greene appeared on 60 Minutes 
and she used the opportunity to call out Democrats' strange behaviors regarding children. And I'll get into that in just a moment, because there's another story from Friday that, that I think explains a lot of what we are seeing. Bill Maher was talking to Winsome Sears, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Governor of Virginia, and he said he does not believe that he, say, he says drag queen story, story hour and all that stuff is happening, but there's, there's, there's no lap dances happening for children in schools. And Winsome Sears stops, Bill, you need to read more. Boom, right there. So Marjorie Taylor Greene goes on 60 Minutes and accuses Democrats of being pedos. And Leslie Stahl just goes, bruh, bruh, you can't say that. These people have no idea what they're talking about. Therein lies the problem. Marjorie Taylor Greene may be a bit, I don't know, I mean, maybe she completely believes that is the proper way to describe these people. Groomer, many of them, I would say, are pedos, and the rest are just cult members. But you want to understand what the problem is? It's people like Bill Maher. Granted, he is not the worst. He does some good. And people like Leslie Stahl of 60 Minutes, who are too lazy to actually do the legwork, to actually do the groundwork. Years ago, Dennis Prager appeared on Bill Maher's show and said that they were putting tampons in the men's room. And Bill Maher said, that's for their girlfriends. No, it's not. I wonder if years later, Bill Maher now recognizes how wrong he was. I don't get it. I've had people um, high profile individuals working to have me appear on Bill Maher's show. I don't know if that will happen because I don't know if I want to do it. I kind of do. For a long time, I didn't. I'm like, I don't want to go on this show. You know, it, it's, it's very difficult. Imagine being someone like Dennis Prager, who is watching the news and reading these stories. And then you go on this major primetime show in front of a million plus people and you say the truth and they laugh. Do I really want to stand in that clown show? There lies the challenge. How will you inform these people unless you do? Tact is everything. The story from Rolling Stone. They say the Georgia congresswoman and conspiracy theorist stirred controversy over the respected program profiling her. Oh, don't worry. I have receipts. Here you go. Drag queen performs lap dance on student and gyrates in front of cheering children at pride event for high schoolers in North Carolina. Don't believe me? Here's a photo. I don't know if YouTube's going to get mad about this, but if this is in schools and YouTube says this is inappropriate, well, then so be it. So be it. Steven Crowder did a segment about a, a child drag performer and YouTube gave him a strike saying child safety. Really? But this is mainstream. Democrats are defending it and YouTube calls it a violation of their child safety guidelines. Let's see what the uh, what the Rolling Stone has to say. Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene was interviewed by Leslie Stahl on 60 Minutes Sunday. The program was criticized for spotlighting the divisive congresswoman who has had conspiracy theories and called for more guns in schools, even in the wake of tragedy, including following the school shooting in Nashville last week. During the first segment filmed prior to Trump's indictment, Stahl's mostly softball interview discussed Greene's rise in the Republican Party, etc., etc. Marjorie Taylor Greene doubled down on Sunday, saying, I would definitely say they support grooming children. She claimed conflating Democrats support of trans rights to pedophilia. No, actually, I'll tell you what's happening. Rolling Stone is conflating legitimate criticisms over what I just showed you 
a drag performer giving a child a lap dance, and they're calling that trans rights. I want to make sure you see this, okay? This is what they are calling trans rights. I want to say, first and foremost, drag performers are not transgender. Drag and trans are very different things. Why are they calling that trans rights? Well, the argument is from individuals like Marjorie Taylor Greene, they are trying to conflate the two intentionally because they are protecting those who would sexualize kids. Uh, it's Betty Hassan, everyone's favorite. He says Green uses her prestigious national media 60 Minutes platform to double down on her crazy and dangerous assertion that Democrats are pedos. And in response, Stahl can only say, wow, and you can't say that without name calling. I wonder, how do these people, how do, how do, the, how do these people do this? Is it because Mediasan is evil? At this, at this point in my life, I genuinely believe the answer is yes. And I'll tell you why. Much as many people may say, Tim, don't say that. Don't call them evil. Bill Maher on real time. Bill's not evil. Bill just doesn't know. I want to play for you this clip so you can understand the difference between the banality of evil and malicious evil. This is Winsome Sears. Let me play for you this clip. Make sure we have the audio properly uh, output as I usually don't. The thing. I'm a parent. I'm a parent all day. I get to decide what happens in my child's life. Not you, not the government, not anybody. I don't co-parent. I had this child. <laughs> I'm responsible yeah. for this child. Anything yeah. happens to little Johnny, you're calling me, right? right? As you should. Right. right. So what I'm saying, hang on. So what I'm saying now is if I don't want my child giving lap dances at school by a drag queen, I don't want it done. Right. That's happening. But do you if think the state should have the right? Do you think the state should have the right to I'm interfere? I'm talking about as a parent. Well, I am a parent. I mean, Forget the state. I'm a parent. Lap dancers. Yeah. This is my child. I'm not I will make a decision about what happens with my child. I'm not sure lap dancers. <laughs> it's happening. Lap, Don't you well, see it? You know, there's drag queen story. There are definitely drag queens reading to children. There are Do drag queens that are doing pole dances. There are drag queens that are... In school? Are, you, you... What? Bill, you gotta read more. Uh, <laughs> yep. I guess I do. I guess I do. Brilliantly done. With all due respect to Dennis Prager, when he just said, Google it, Google it, she said, Bill, you got to read more. Smack down. Here it is. This is a school. Trailblazers, North Carolina, reported Daily Mail. A drag queen performed a lap dance for a student in front of cheering children. It's happening. There you go. Now, this is the point. Bill Maher is the banality of evil. Okay. And what I mean by this is, let's, uh, where, where, where's Bill at with his? Bill Maher's the banality of evil. He is the regular person who doesn't know what's going on, who keeps saying, that can't be true. That can't be true. They're not doing it. Dude, Google it. Like Dennis Prager said. It's amazing to me. It really is. You know, I wonder if they would ever let me on that show. Apparently, uh, we, we, I don't, don't want to name anybody, but we've had high profile guests who said they know the people there. They, they want to connect me and get me on the show. We've had, uh, I'll, just put it, I'll just put it this way, agencies saying they're discussing bringing you on. Okay, fine. Maybe I need to go on and say this directly to Bill Maher himself. And maybe this is why they would not want me to do it. Bill has repeatedly, I used to watch real time with Bill Maher all the time. I'm like 18, 19 years old. We're watching real time. He would, we, we, I like this guy. He's, 
He's a real dude. He leans libertarian. But in the past several years, it has become insufferable that he keeps saying things like this. At what point do you stop giving them the benefit of the doubt? And instead of saying, I don't think that's happening, say, Lieutenant Governor, explain this instance of lap dances happening. And then she'd say, video's going around. It's in, it's in a bunch of news stories. Have you read the story? I've missed this one. Can we pull it up? Can we look it up? How can we verify this? This is amazing. In fact, in today's day and age, my friends, you need only grab your phone, type in drag queen lap dance. And the first thing that comes up are videos, photos and news stories about it. Bill Maher cannot be bothered to just look at his phone. That's what I don't understand. After he's wrong about so much. And many people who watch his show don't believe these things are happening. Ian Crossland on Timcast IRL, you know, he bought Genderqueer, that book. I tell conservatives they should read it. And when I was talking to some liberal friends, when I should put it this way, whenever I talk to my more liberal leaning friends, they're not very political. It's the banality of evil, I call it. They say, there's no way that's in schools. You're lying. You're wrong. This is an exaggeration. This is a right wing talking point. And then I just Google it and say, oh, I remember uh, this, this great story I told once. I was at a family dinner and I was talking with this like-minded individual who was concerned about China getting a hold of DNA through COVID testing. And, uh, or I should say that he was concerned about mass, you know, COVID lockdown stuff. And I said, well, there was that concern that China would get access to the DNA compiled from these, these tests. And one individual just went off. You can't say that. Uh, People here pay attention. So I Googled it. NPR. NPR has the story that there is fear that China is getting access to DNA. I'm not saying it's true. I don't know. I just read an NPR. What am I supposed to do about it? But there are people who are so sure they know everything. That's what I see here. Now, here's 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 where I'll I'll talk uh, uh, with this story. Leslie Stahl. It's hilarious. The video, I got to be honest, because Marjorie Taylor Greene calls Democrats pedos. And uh, I'll say this big fan of Marjorie Taylor Greene ineffective messaging. Leslie Stahl, lazy, ignorant individual. The whole thing, I think, is just a fiasco. Look, man, I don't I don't know what the best way to do things is. I don't know. What I can tell you is this. Going on 60 Minutes and calling Democrats pedos is ineffective messaging. I will not, if I ever do go on any of these shows, be it Bill Maher or otherwise, I will not just come out and say Democrats are pedos. That is a blanket statement. There are many people who are Democrats who don't know what's going on, and they will simply feel offended. What I will say is, well, Bill, the challenge for a lot of parents is that while it may be marginally rare that there are things like lap dances for children happening, and there are, this is a school in North Carolina, I encourage you to Google search the story and, and pull up the NewsGuard certified outlets that can confirm for you, and you can see the videos yourself. If you don't believe me, I know it's a hard thing to believe, but the problem is these things are happening. It may not be happening to a degree where every single school in the country is doing it. But when a conservative comes out and says, perhaps we should not have drag queen lap dances, the left comes out and calls it trans rights. Okay, that is an issue. When you have, as we saw in Loudoun County, a a young girl be raped by some, some, I don't know, I, I don't believe the individual was trans, it was cross-dressing individual male who went to the girl's bathroom, parents start asking questions. 
So you, you, you need not sit here and wonder to yourself how it is that Republicans retook Virginia because clearly something did happen. Or perhaps you should. You should ask yourself, what do I not know? What am I missing here? Now, if you listen only to the corporate press, you wouldn't believe it. If you read the Rolling Stone, you'll think it's about trans rights. And then regular people will come out and they'll say the right is lying. And Marjorie Taylor Greene will come out and call Democrats pedos. And the Democrats will say, you're just a bigot. So I'm not here to say that about Democrats in general. I will say things like I believe the Democratic politicians are evil people. I believe that Mehdi Hassan is an evil person because it is either the banality of evil or malicious evil in that Bill Maher is the banality of evil. I do not believe that Bill Maher is an intentionally evil person. I think he's actually quite a good dude. But his inability or unwillingness to read about what's going on, I think it shows the widespread banality of evil that is plaguing this country. Bad things are happening. We had Destiny on the show, and I'll tell you why it's very, very uh, interesting talking to an individual like Destiny, the omni-liberal, a more left-leaning but moderately centrist person. Destiny is a very good debater in that um, one thing I want to do. Many people, many people have commented on the Tim Cast IRL show with Destiny saying I should have gone Tim Pool on him and called all these things out. And well, I don't want to do that. I want Destiny's viewers to get access to information they don't otherwise have, like information about Ahmed Arbery. I also think he's a fairly reasonable person. I believe he honestly believes he thinks he does. However, one thing you need to understand about Destiny is he will make a point as true. He will say, this thing is true. This thing is problem. That thing is not true. That thing is not problem. And then if you say, yes, but X actually happened, he'll say, when, where, prove it. And it's like, okay, if you want to assert a fact, I take you at your word to understand you. If I want to assert a fact, I must have proof or a better example. I say, the Trump indictment seems hyperpolitical. And his response is, we haven't seen the indictment, so we don't know. Okay, if you want to assert you believe something to be true without having seen hard evidence, just because you believe the modern narrative, you can't then inversely argue, I can't argue the opposing narrative without having seen the evidence. That's why I think he's a brilliant debater. But the point is, if we're going to have people like him on the show and try and convey these ideas, we don't just come out and say outright, you're all pedos. I like Marjorie Taylor Greene. I think she does a good job. My point is just that effective messaging. That's the challenge. My question is this. When you have someone like Mehdi Hassan, the, the reason I say I believe he's malicious is that he's too active online. There's no way when it comes to many of these stories, he did not look it up. Because if you're wanting to build an argument against your political opponent, you need to arm yourself with information. Anyone who does that is going to see these stories. Bill Maher is the banality of evil. He does not seek to build up arguments against his political opponents for political gain. And thus, he doesn't bother looking up these stories. He doesn't read regular news or political commentary. He doesn't uh, watch political commentary. He doesn't listen to political podcasts. So he's, I don't know what, a couple of years behind the curve. Winsome Sears gets elected in Virginia because parents saw this, complained about it. They decided to look and fact check and said, yep, that stuff's happening. Critical race theory promoting segregation by race, gender ideology, 
causing harm to kids by the tens of thousands. I believe we're looking at what about in the past three years, 50,000 or so, or what is it? Uh, um, I think it's seven, maybe it's 17,000 children placed on hormones, uh, uh, hormone blockers. And then it was in the about around 47,000, I think it was, that are on uh, cross-sex hormones. Now, Destiny made a great point that the right will notice something that's not that pronounced, but is a problem. And instead of just saying, sure, fine, whatever, the left immediately comes out and says, it's a good thing. And that's exactly the point. Maybe Bill Maher is an opportunity to cut through the noise and try and educate some liberals who otherwise don't pay attention. And that's the one message I want to convey to the viewers of Bill Maher and to Bill Maher himself. That's the one thing I really want to say to him. You're allowed to hate Donald Trump. I don't really care. I think Joe Biden's bad, too. I'm allowed to not like Joe Biden. You're allowed to believe that one person is worse than the other. You're allowed to say that you think that drag queens in schools is not the biggest problem this country faces and that conservatives are overhyping it because those are your opinions you are allowed to have. If someone came out and said the bigger problem is money in politics, massive corporations dumping money, we're never going to solve these problems. I don't care about drag performances for kids. I'd say respect your opinion. I get it. You think something is more pressing than something else. That is completely subjective. I somewhat disagree. I think they're interconnected, but I think we need to protect our kids. So, okay. The challenge is the ignorance and the unwillingness to actually be informed on cultural and political issues. If Bill Maher is to understand that Marjorie Taylor Greene says disparaging things about groomers and Democrats, perhaps he could just say, let me understand that before opining. But he does not. And that's where we're currently at. And that's the only thing I think we need to really convey to Bill Maher. I'll, I, I'd love to go on his show and he can say whatever he wants. He can say Trump's the worst guy ever. I'm like, OK, I don't know. Sure. I disagree. That's my opinion. I'll explain why. Sure. I think there are bad things that Trump did. Indicting him on these weird charges. Waste of our time. You want to arrest a Barack Obama? OK, he blew up a kid. Probably more than one. Literally more than one. But one was an American citizen. I think he killed like what? Four Americans. You want to tell me all that? My response is only, if you don't know what you're talking about, then what are you arguing? You try to argue with Winsome Sears, and she lays it down much stronger than Dennis Prager did. She goes, Bill, you need to read more. That's brilliant. That was the, the, the appropriate response. Bill Maher does a large and prominent political talk show without doing the research. He does the show once a week, and I just wonder... Man, how? What is he doing all week? You know, I'll be honest. I used to not take weekends off. I would do a show every day with no days off. For three years, I did that. Helped build up this channel. And then the problem was we started Timcast IRL. So now I'm doing, I'm doing 10 shows Monday through Friday and two shows on the weekends. So a lot of shows. And I'm like, I can't go to the bank. I can't do anything. I got to take weekends off or something. And so I reduced the workload. And then what happens is now I kind of disconnect on the weekends. And so I come into Sunday night saying, what happened Friday? Well, Friday night we do IRL. So I'm like, what happened Saturday and what happened Sunday? Typically not big news days. So there's not a whole lot to go over. Then comes Monday. We've got stories from Friday that they tried to die off. They tried to kill off by releasing late. We've got some stories over the weekend. And I say, here's a lot that happened. But Bill Maher is ignoring Monday through Thursday. He's ignoring the biggest days of the week. And then he's going on a show on Friday and being like, I don't know anything about this. 
Never heard of it. I can't believe that's happening. Why don't you Google it in real time? How about on the show, someone just pull up their phone and so, no, 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 we're not doing this. Pull up on the phone. Here you go, Bill. Here you go. Here's a video. I'm not doing this. I want you to tell all of your audience right now, you're looking at it right now. Well, that is a drag queen giving a child a lap dance. It's happening, right? I'm, that's crazy. I want him to do that. Because maybe that's a path towards stopping all the nonsense and waking people up to pay attention to what's going on. Far be it for me to decide what anyone else should do with their lives, but the challenge we face is that if people are not properly informed and they're only getting their news from the corporate press, we are being destroyed from the inside out because these people are evil. You, it's, as I stated, it's either the banality of evil or, or malice. And you have people at CNN and MSNBC who know full well they're lying. They don't care. They don't care. It's crazy, really. I just don't understand it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. So Bud Light decides to hire Dylan Mulvaney as their brand ambassador for their uh, beer. And it's funny because I'm seeing a lot of people say, like, you don't know who your customers are and all that. And people are arguing with me. Let me just state first and foremost, the stupidest thing I think Budweiser could do is hire someone like Dylan Mulvaney. I think Dylan Mulvaney is evil. Um, I think Dylan Mulvaney is not trans. I think Dylan Mulvaney is a narcissistic sociopath who is pretending to be trans because it got them 10 million followers on social media. I think this is evidenced by the career path and the histrionic personality, uh, um, the behaviors seen on camera, notably the Price is Right video where Dylan Mulvaney, upon, I guess, winning something, goes on a three-minute weird performance, screaming and making this crazy face at the camera. of just like, ah, it's crazy. I think Dylan Mulvaney has created a character, much like many performers do, and get plastic surgery to do so, to look a certain way, to fill a role. Madonna gets plastic surgery, no one bats an eye. Dylan Mulvaney gets plastic surgery, and everyone says that proves that Dylan's trans. I don't think so. If you look at Dylan Mulvaney's TikTok earliest videos, you'll see animal content, you see discussing Broadway content, then you see non-binary content, and then it becomes days of girlhood transgender. I think simply put, you see this with many people. Mr. Beast used to make Minecraft videos, and then one day he made a video about giving money to people, and all of a sudden everything he does is about giving money away and doing things like that. I've always done news, you know? I had a skate, I had a skateboarding channel. We're still going to launch a skate show, but I've always been into politics and commentary and that's what I do. But you look at people's content and you can see how they're shaped by the algorithms. Some are more extreme than others. For me, I've actually gone back and forth with some Trump, you know, Trump supporters that love me now. They don't like me because I just, I do my thing. You know, if I lose viewers, I lose viewers. It is what it is. We had a a drop off in January because, you know, it is what it is. But now we're seeing Bud Light decide that Dylan Mulvaney should uh, be the face of their beer. Even painting Dylan's face on a beer can. That's amazing. Look, I don't drink alcohol. We have some fancy booze here in the studio for some guests who do. But I don't drink that garbage. Uh, I don't I don't drink booze. I don't smoke. I don't got tattoos. I don't got piercings. I don't do any of that stuff. I don't know. Just not never really cared or understood the point or why I would want to do something like that. I drank a bit when I was like 20. Uh, don't really drink. Haven't really had a drink since. I'm not like a teetotaler. 
Um, you know, I'll have a beer periodically, maybe wine with dinner. I don't mind alcohol, but I just don't see any point in ingesting things that, for one, don't taste good, and two, are just damaging your body. So perhaps Bud Light is the beer for you. Now, here's what I'm saying. Growing up, I don't know anyone, anyone who buys Bud Light except for people who are just trying to get drunk. You know, I go out, my, I go out with my friends to dinner, right? And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Comment. You let me know. I go, to a, I, go, I go out to eat. Nobody at a restaurant, nobody at the bar is being like, yo, bartender, get me a Bud Light. They're going, uh, you got Newcastle on draft. Uh, you got Yingling. Uh, you got Heineken. I'll take a bottle of Heineken. You got a Corona with lime. I don't know anybody who's like, I'll have a Bud Light. Some people do. Of course they do. Bud Light is a huge brand. Typically, my experience with Bud Light is people who want cheap beer that's low calorie that will get them drunk because they're at a sporting event or they're at a college party. College parties, man. Natty Light, Coors, whatever the cheapest stuff you can get is because they don't care about enjoying a beer. They care about getting wasted. So here's my question. Why, Bud Light? Who told you this was a good idea? Do you think people at sporting events are going to look at this and be like, this is what I would like to buy? Dylan Mulvaney is, in my opinion, an evil, narcissistic sociopath whose only intentions are to get as much eyeballs as possible. And just I th- look, you know, you look at this, this promotional thing they did with Dylan Mulvaney in the bathtub, twitching and going, look, you can see it right here, just going back and forth and just shaking. And I'm like, Dylan Mulvaney is unwell. I wish all trans people the happiness, best of life they could have. Dylan Mulvaney is not that. Dylan Mulvaney goes hiking in the woods in high heels, is intending to characterize and mock. And it's no different, in my opinion, than blackface. And, And it's funny they don't care. It's basically blackface, but for trans people. I don't know of any except for Dylan Mulvaney, trans person, who frolics through the forest in high heels, because that is an impractical thing to do. Aha. That's right. It's a performance. People are going to say, it's a joke. It's a bit. It's a performance. Yes, you are correct. But would Dylan Mulvaney be doing a performance as a clown caricature of trans people if Dylan Mulvaney was just, was not trans? Dylan Mulvaney, if Dylan was trans, would not be making videos singing about having a bulge sticking out for everyone to see his junk. And I say his because I do not believe Dylan Mulvaney is is actually transgender. I think Dylan is getting plastic surgery to fit a role and, and taking hormones to fit a role because it makes money. You know, people might be like, why would a person? No one would do that. Madonna just did it. She got heavily criticized for doing it. Are you kidding? Robert Downey Jr. made fun of the concept in Tropic Thunder as a German actor who gets melanin injections to become black to play a role or something like that. It is a known trope that people desperate to be seen on camera physically alter their bodies in strange ways. They do it. Why would Dylan Mulvaney be any different? John Cardillo says, who the hell at Bud Light thought it was a good idea to make a grown man who just like little girls, their new spokesperson. Brands have to stop listening to their woke creative teams and get in touch with their consumer demographics. Maybe that's what they did. 
Maybe the people at Bud Light are like the people who drink our beer, are young, dumb college kids who just want to get drunk. That's who we're going to target. Granted, I don't know why having Dylan Mulvaney do this is going to do anything for Bud Light, to be completely honest. But for, for one, Bud Light doesn't need this kind of brand ambassadorship. And all this can do is potentially hurt their brand when it comes to like sporting events and stuff. Here we go. Robbie Starbucks says, message to conservative families from Bud Light seems to be, we will encourage and even celebrate the erasure of men and women along with all the values you care about. They've gone totally woke. Will you ever spend your money with them now? Yes, they will. Dude, come on. The average person, even conservatives, don't care to lift a finger. That's just reality, man. They're all like, people are going to go protest in New York about Donald Trump because they're going to, you know, yeah, they're going to protest against him. In New York, they are, you're not going to see protesters come out for Trump. Maybe some. Obviously, we saw like, you know, a couple dozen or whatever. We're not going to see thousands of people marching through the streets like you would for some made up leftist nonsense. Stephen L. Miller says, might genuinely be the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. One, one Twitter just said, I love, loved Bud Light, but we'll be moving along to Coors. Go woke, go broke, good luck, Bud Light. It's get woke, go broke. You see, you say, I am a stickler for this, <clears throat> and I will reject this. It has always been get woke, go broke. Not go woke, go broke. But at some point, someone changed it. I think what happened was Fox News called it go woke, go broke. And then everyone started saying that instead. Well, I will never let it go. It is get woke, go broke, as far as I'm concerned. Get, not go. There was plenty of praise for Mulvaney with supporters of the transgender community saying the partnership between the two promoted diversity and inclusivity. Oh, really? Oh, I love the direction Bud Light is going. Fine, whatever. I don't know. Listen, Bud Light's not a dude beer. Dudes don't care about Bud Light. Bud Light is for women who are like, I want to drink a beer, but I don't want to get fat. And it's for college students who are like, I don't know. Is there alcohol in it? If you're some dude who wants a hearty beer, you want old English or something, you're buying that. You're not going out to drink with the buddies and you're being like, throw me a Bud Light. You'll probably just get regular old Budweiser or Miller or something. Just regular beer. Bud Light is supposed to be the low calorie piss water that people drink when they don't want when they want to get drunk, but they don't want to gain weight. There it is. So this is what they're targeting. And maybe they're targeting women. They know women are going to be all about this. Women love whatever this is, I guess. I don't know. 70, 78% of women, millennial women vote Democrat. So they're cheering for this. Drew Barrymore dropped to her knees. <laughs> I love that. All a man has to do is put on makeup and then say they're a woman and women will get on their knees and cry. Sure, whatever, man. I mean, if women think that their rightful place like Drew Barrymore is to drop on their knees for someone like Dylan Mulvaney, then I got no beef. Yeah, I'm gonna be over here, though. I'm gonna do my thing. You do your thing. I got, you can do whatever you want. Good for you, Bud, Bud Light. I got to tell you, I don't drink your beer anyway. I don't drink beer anyway. And uh, if it ever comes up and we're having a party, I won't be buying it from you. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I'll see you all shortly. The rumor going around is that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is using burner accounts. Let's slow down here. The idea is that AOC has fake Twitter accounts where she control people online and say nasty things without anyone knowing that it's really her. And the rumor is she runs these accounts. Well, I should say that's the rumor. And the evidence they claim is that someone tweeted at AOC 
And someone then responded with an account using a nickname for Alexandria and a weird anime uh, uh, avatar speaking in the first person as if they were AOC, then panicked and deleted their account. I'm not saying this is true. In fact, I want to show you this. You decide. But I want to cast some doubt. It would be really easy for someone to pretend to be AOC's burner account if, if that's really what happened. And I want to stress the funniest things I see online are that, for one, I don't check my mentions ever on Twitter. I have a million and a half followers on Twitter. I don't check it. I can't. Sometimes I'll look at my tweets. I might respond to somebody like I was responding about the casino last weekend because I was tweeting all, all, all pissed off. But I don't respond. Although it is funny when I see high profile people be like, we found Tim Pool's burner account, his sock puppet. And it's like some random account I don't know. And they're saying something like in defense of me. And they're like, this proves it's actually Tim defending himself. Like, dude, I can't go through a million and a half follower response. Like, I, I just don't do it. It's just sorry. That's just not reality. So I got to be honest. I don't actually think this is AOC's burner account. But I think it's actually a bit more conspiratorial to think someone created a fake account with a long history only to pretend to get caught being AOC. Occam's razor would suggest in the absence of evidence, the answer, the solution that makes the least amount of assumptions tends to be correct, which is AOC runs fake accounts. Simple solution. Granted, I don't think I bet money on it, to be completely honest. But here's the story. The right scoop has it. Did AOC's burner Twitter get busted? Could be. And who boy does it have an archive? Let me show you first the tweet from Real Nick Nico House, whose Twitter name is Joe Biden hates black people. He says, yo, AOC has burned accounts. I think he means burner accounts. I responded to one of her posts reminding her that she sends money to Nazis and some random account responded to me speaking in the first person as if I attacked them. Then that same person deleted the tweets. Sort of point out how easy it would be to fake that. So take it with a grain of salt. But here's what happened. He says, you vote to send money to Nazis and fund the Israel apartheid. Then you get this Zaza Demon account saying, LOL, and what makes you think I did anything to support Nazis? You're delusional. Seek help. I don't. The tweet was deleted. I don't I don't know if I would believe that it's actually AOC. And I'll tell you why. AOC as at AOC probably wouldn't at respond to that at all. OK, so if the idea is that AOC is on her account, sees that tweet, clicks it and then responds, not realizing she's accidentally switched over to a different profile. Why would the at AOC respond in that way? I don't I don't I don't know if I believe it. He says she blocked me from her burner. It just keeps getting better. Now the account has been deleted. OK, well, here's the story. And there's a bunch of stuff in there that I find interesting. One, people have pointed out that the name Zaza is actually a, a, a nickname for people whose names are Alex. So uh, I guess it's because Alexander. So it's Zaza. Zaza. I have no idea. Also just sounds a bit too weird for me. But sure, whatever. This one says, Dying Scribe closed this case. Great job. Let's pull up some of these tweets and you can you can see for yourself what the archive is showing. We have in this one, there's the an account saying, nothing tops this dress, pure style. Zaza Demon, the, the alleged AOC fake account, says, cry harder. One person says, 
Dude, WAPO is not a source. That's like linking to AOC for a source. You got to know the difference between an opinion piece and actual journalism. And then this account says, you're a hopeless sheep. You then have, you didn't even recognize her when you took a photo with her. One person says, is that supposed to mean anything besides how forgettable and basic libs of TikTok is? She's a worthless and then insult. I'll tell you what I think. I think Zaza Demon's probably your boyfriend, husband, fiance, whatever. And she's got people who tweet for her. She's got staff who have access to her Twitter. And one of her staff members probably does this. That's what I think really happened. Here's an archive. AOC tweets, my Twitter mentions notifications conveniently aren't working tonight. So I was informed via text that I seem to have gotten under the skin of a, a certain billionaire's skin. Then Zaza says, oh, no, you indirect indirected Elon. The simp army is going to start crying again. You indirected. Matt Walsh says he came to the, conclu- came to the conclusion years ago. The trans movement is the greatest evil our country faces. The Zaza demon says you are a hateful little freak and I can't wait until you piss off a trans person that actually is as unhinged as you claim to say they all are. Can't be a bigot if you're no longer breathing, says the account. I don't know, man. It seems like a convenient smear of AOC. So what? Anyone can just make an account, answer a tweet in the first person, wait a little bit, delete it, and then everybody thinks that person is AOC. This tweet, the person says, shouldn't they all be jailed immediately? Or no, that would mean an equal justice system. Silly me. The Zaza, Zaza Demon account says, you weren't saying this ish when conservatives did it. Give it a rest. You want to be victim. Lady Justice is no longer blind. She's a registered Democrat now. Boo hoo. It wasn't conservatives this time. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know if I would fall for something like this, but I do think it's important people understand propaganda and manipulation. Who benefits? Why would AOC do this? No, for real. AOC is in Congress. She's high profile. I don't, you know, people keep saying that she's worth $21 million and that's so annoying. AOC is not worth $21 million, but people read it online. They say it. They say she's rich. How is she so rich? She's not. She's getting her congressional salary. She probably has side hustle income from in, in some way. And she's living well off. That's it. She owns a Tesla, which she probably finances. She's got a nice apartment in New York and in D.C. Apparently hers is like an infinity pool. So she's probably spending four grand a month in, in housing. She's probably spending maybe 800 a month for her car. She gets insurance to the government, so she's not spending money on that. She doesn't pay for gas because she has a Tesla and it's relatively cheap to charge. And so what? She's taken home at $174,000 a year. What is what 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 is that taking her home like eight grand a month after taxes and all that? So about half of her income is going to her living in these ritzy ritzy places. The other half, I just don't see her as one being rich. I don't see her as doing this. I'm sure it's more fun to believe that someone found her burner account and she's secretly going on Twitter and just trolling people. But that just doesn't fit fit her her character. I would not weed her for that. But what what could be happening? Well, aside from the fact that it's probably the simplest solution that she actually is doing it because, you know, she does seem petty, I suppose. If she doesn't know who Libs of TikTok is, I don't think she's very active on Twitter herself personally, right? The simple solution is, if it's not that, let's go down the line. A staffer who has uh, her account on on a mobile phone who screwed up? Okay. A person who's trying to trick you, to manipulate you into being angry, creating an account, 
saying inflammatory things and then making it easy enough to believe, knowing that people on the right will take the bait. They will chase this one down and it will make them hate AOC. I don't know. That one's a bit conspiratorial, but these are the times we live in. Everybody is lying and trying to seek an edge, manipulating others and playing dirty games. So that leaves me with this. Is AOC or her staffers or the PAC or whoever is behind her account willing to do that? The answer is yes. In which case, man, this, uh, this can of worms. What if they did this intending to get a reaction like this? To create plausible deniability and make conservatives look crazy. You see? They intentionally respond this way, saying I. They then delete the tweet, then delete the account, creating a story. That way, when the story goes around right-wing spheres, they can share and say, look how crazy and stupid they are. That's nonsense. Why would AOC do that? Right? Or it could be someone from, say, Russia or China trying to sow division in the U.S. and make everybody fight each other. Ultimately, I suppose the challenge is that AOC engages in the sophistry and the lies as it is, lying about libs of TikTok. So why would I trust her? In which case, again, the simple solution is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez runs fake accounts to try and manipulate people online and create false perceptions of, I don't know, commonality, plurality or majority. Well, we got one solution here. Elon Musk can actually just check and he should. Doubt he will, though, but he could and he should. I'm not sure the story is the most important thing in the world. I just found it interesting. So I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. We got Charlie Kirk tonight. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. And not only are we going to talk politics and Trump, we're going to talk a little bit about faith, too. Charlie's really excited. So uh, I'm glad he's coming. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.